Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Coffee and Cocktails. I'm your host, Ann Wand. On today's show, we'll be talking about work-life balance for new parents in academia. Our guests for today are Dr. Pia Jolie from the University of Oxford and Mr. Rasmus Rodanelisen from Stockholm University. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Hello. Great. As per usual, we'll start off by having you tell us what drink you are having for the show, followed by a little bit about yourself. Pia, would you like to start? Um, I'm having a strawberry daiquiri. Um, thank you very much, Anne. Is it good? It's delicious. Oh, good. Um, I'm an academic with um, both in Japanese studies and in migration studies. I'm at the moment based at the um, Nissan Center, Nissan Institute of Jap- for Japanese Studies, Nissan Institute of Japanese Studies at St. Anthony's College. And I just completed a book project on prisons and forced labor in um, early in modern Japan, 19th century Japan, and now working on another book project on Christian martyrs in Japan. Wow, sounds very interesting. Uh, Rasmus, what about yourself? What are you having to drink? Well, I'm uh, having a regular coffee. I'm quite of a fan, to be honest. <laughs> And for uh, a little bit about myself, uh, as you said, I'm from the St- University of Stockholm. i am uh, just begun my PhD at the Department of Social Anthropology. And uh, I'm going to do a political ecology study on uh, social practices on marine, regarding to marine debris, uh, mostly among scuba divers. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to have to talk to my husband later because he is in fact also a scuba diver and I'm sure he'll want to talk to you after the show. Uh, But before we start talking about scuba diving and various other topics, I must say when I put in a call for this specific topic for uh, new parents in academia, within about an hour or two, I received over 40 responses from various academics worldwide. Uh, I think my favorite came from an email which said, greetings from Kansas. Uh, So it was interesting to see that there was quite a few people that were um, impassioned about this topic and, and hopefully for the better. Uh, but the way I've decided, I think, to, to break up this topic is there seems to be um, a bit of apprehension for early career researchers, particularly, who are quite focused on wanting to make sure that they get in the game, that they are able to produce a lot of work. But at the same time, many of them are, in most cases, approaching their 30s in their 30s, maybe even approaching their 40s. And they're debating whether or not to start a family. And so the discussion I thought would be interesting to kind of have between the three of us are the positives and negatives and possible tips of the trade for those who are considering having children or those who have had children who would like to be able to hear about other people's experiences. And I thought, uh, what better way to do that than at the studio just to sort of see what your experiences have been between the two of you. Uh, So I thought we'd start off maybe talking about the sort of not so much negative experiences, but maybe difficult experiences that come with being a parent in academia. And I was wondering, Pia, if you could tell us some of your experiences. Well, one, definitely one important thing is the time factor. Um, Before you have children, um, time is at most of the time. Usually time is at your disposal as an academic, you structure your day, yes, there are meetings and there are um, activities um, that involve um, other people, but usually um, you can choose um, your time of writing, your time of, um, sometimes even your time of teaching, whereas with children, it's really the children, especially when they are very small, like my own, they have to have priority. And um, I cannot just disappear for the whole day, but I have to make sure... um, 
with my husband. There is there are care arrangements. Um, I'm I have to structure everything around them. There's a lot of thinking and um, it needs a lot of cooperation with different people. It's not just me making the decision, but I have to cooperate with my husband, with um, with the lady who comes to help us with the children, um, with, at the moment, my mother who is visiting from Austria. So it's um, everything becomes more complex, but it's also um, it's a challenge, but it's it's a good challenge. Yeah. Um, okay. And how about yourself, Rasmus? Well, I, I can just uh, agree with the time constraints because it's, uh, it's, it's, of course, it's limiting the time you can spend at the department or writing or and all this kind of stuff. Um, but on the other hand, I think that also makes you more efficient because mm. you know that you you have to you have this certain amount of hours and you have to produce all that you need within these hours. So instead of like browsing the internet or doing stuff around, you get right to what you have to do, and that's you know, somehow you you manage to get some all all your work done in much less time than you did before you got the kids. I think that's a really interesting point. Um, one thing I've noticed just in having my own my own child uh, in the past six months. I was quite concerned when I came back from maternity leave that I wouldn't be able to fit everything in. And I still have that problem on a regular basis. But I do think that I would have had those same feelings with or without a child in that the work will always be there. There will always be more to do. But at the same time, I find myself going, but I always have tomorrow. And that sort of perspective I found, at least for myself, I found to be quite useful. Have you had similar experiences? Yeah, I think so because you you need to set like a little bit longer time frames for your work that you cannot just think that everything will be done today, but you need to like think in on maybe a weekly or a monthly basis, and then that way you will be able to plan your work so that you will get it done yeah, tomorrow and the day after, just within this time which you can spare to go to work and not be home with your kids. Sure. Pia, do you find that you create? Uh, I guess I would put it a more manageable. Uh, tasks for yourself each day instead of saying, well, I will do X amount of work, that you might give yourself a slightly smaller task, knowing that you might have a, a more constrained period of time? Yeah, I don't usually set myself tasks. I work with um, with the Holy Spirit, so to say. I, I work whenever I have a moment. I do what I feel inspired to do and this usually it works in this way so there are moments and I'm surprised when suddenly both of the children are asleep for example in the afternoon and I have a moment to write to work on a chapter and it really this is the moment to work on the chapter I have not planned it because I did not know that the children would both be asleep but um, I use the moment um, there are of course tasks that I have to plan but um, I'm also more flexible and not so disappointed I'm it was different when I was a DPhil student. As a doctoral student, we are quite dense and everything has to... But I don't feel so observed anymore. It's also um, nice when, when you're a student, you're, I think, more stressed and you have to... You have your professors and you have ma many more people who supervise you. But when you're a more mature academic, it's you yourself who's responsible and... Mm. If I write a book, it's my yes. I have um, I work with the editor at the publishing house, but um, they are not observing me as a supervisor when you do your dissertation. So there is much more freedom and um, yeah, 
Would you find that's a similar case for you, Rasmus, in terms of, of time management? Because that's something I do want to segue into when we talk about the positives. But before we talk about the positives, uh, I do think this time management thing really is kind of the crux uh, that seems to be uh, sort of a big concern I've noticed within academia is that there'll never be enough time. But the impression I'm getting talking to more and more people is there is time. You just learn to find that time or yes. take advantage of that time. And I, not to be disappointed. I think right. the important thing is not to be disappointed when things don't go as one would like them to be. But to be fle flexibility is key. Is it be it academic work or be it in, 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 at home when things are also not always as tidy maybe as one wished them to be? But um, one has two choices, either to accept the situation as it is and to carry on or to become disappointed and frustrated. Sure. And it's up to you to decide whether this is what to do. And I think key is not to stay calm and carry on. Or, or And also, I think, maybe to be kind to yourself. Yes, exactly. And forgiving. Uh, Rasmus, you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting about how you have two children and you brought your children with you to field work. I think if most people heard about somebody bringing their children to field work, they, they might have a heart attack. But it seems to me that you really made the most of this situation. I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's true. I brought my kids to first to uh, Brazil for my master's field work and then to Tanzania, Dar es Salaam for a follow-up study a year later. And uh, I brought both my kids and my, and my wife uh, with me. And um, of course, this again comes back to these time limits that you cannot be out running around uh, looking for interlocutors all this all, from early morning to late evening you need to do it more for schedules which your kids will be able to follow you around or you, if you have a wife with you you can have it or if your wife is doing something you can have the kids and so on but they were the what i mostly thought about during this field work was that the kids were extremely beneficial to have with you because they open so many new relationships which that you would have the harder time to connect yourself for example, in some places where there were some older ladies, which from the beginning looked rather not very interested in speaking to me. But when my kids were jumping around the legs and smiling and laughing, then they were warming up real quick. And they started to like teaching me how to become a parent in you know, this joking relationship kind of way. And it's opened a lot of possibilities for conducting interviews and this stuff, which I would probably not have had the same easy time to get otherwise. That's really, really interesting. Um, I think another thing, and I've noticed this even just outside of field work, uh, it seems like being an icebreaker, children can be an icebreaker. Uh, initially, it was our, our Dalmatian, which we like to call our damnation because he is like having five dogs in one dog's body. But uh, this icebreaker element can be really good for developing relations, especially if you work in the social sciences, humanities, that sort of thing. And I think that's a really good segue into the positive aspects that come with being a parent in academia. And I was wondering, Pia, if maybe if you could expand on that a little bit and what have you learned from your experience thus far? From bringing children to... From have, just being a parent in academia. The, the positive aspects of being a parent. I, I must say um, I made lots of positive um, experiences um, at the Nissan Institute. I brought everyone is I want to say everyone is very welcoming um, 
welcomes the children, um, be it at, um, here in Oxford, are people familiar with the Oxford systems of um, colleges? and um, uh, Some might not be. You might want to explain yes. that a little bit. Well, at the University of Oxford, um, we have different colleges, so almost every one of us is also a member of a college, apart from being affiliated to a research institute or a department. So my college is Lineker College, which is extremely family-friendly, for example. So I had a very positive experience of um, being able to bring my, my babies and my daughters um, to lunches. And um, there are nappy-changing facilities. It's accessible with by pram. Not every college is um, so family-friendly, but um, our college, because I think Anne, you were also... A yes, I was also a member Lineker. of Lineker College, yes. yes. So um, our college is extremely family-friendly. Also, I must say, at the Nissan Institute um, of Japanese Studies, um, everyone is welcoming, very kind, asking and caring as well. After I gave birth, um, people asked how it was. You know, people are interested. And at the same time, they did not forget me. They asked me if I want to start teaching, want to take on, um, start teaching again in Mikael Mastrom, um, which is now. So I felt actually encouraged. Of course, um, there are limitations. I cannot participate as fully as I sometimes wanted to or sit as long in the library as I wanted to. But um, as Rasmus said, one becomes more efficient. And I think there is a time for everything. It's now a phase when the children are small, but um, they will grow and then there will be also more time for, for other things and for more time at the department or at college. So That's a really good point. Another good point, I must say, my son is now two years and since he was born, I've um, completed two book projects. One is a monograph and the other an, a co-edited volume. Just to say that I use the time that I, maybe I don't spend so much time in staff meetings, but I have a lot of time for writing, for editing. And that's a, the great thing about um, being a parent that you can work on your publications, perhaps more than in other phases of your academic career when you're more, at the department and you have more meetings and more teaching obligations. I think that's an excellent point you've made because, Rasmus, you said something similar in that you feel that as a parent, you actually get more stuff done than those peers of yours that do not have children. Uh, could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Uh, that that mostly was from, from my years as a student before my PhD. Mm. Uh, because now at the department now, I think there is uh, not only me who have kids and all of them are rather efficient with or without. Um, but I, during the study years, um, it was really like that people who had all the time in the world, so to speak, without any, they didn't have to go to work or they didn't have to go, go home to get the kids. Mm. They tended to like put things forward all the time. They were not, they had to do stuff, but they were thinking, oh, let's do that tomorrow or later and later. But when you have these time constraints, you you know that this later won't just won't always be there. So you have to get stuff done, and, that, and you sit down and you do it. And that's, I think, it's really helpful to get some structure on things. So basically, uh, it seems like the general message is: if you become a parent, uh, you will not have time to procrastinate. Which sounds to me like it could actually be a really good thing and something we could put on our CVs, um, maybe maybe that would be um, a positive aspect we could all learn from. But before we wrap up, are there any tips of the trade that either the two of you could provide for those who are thinking of starting families in academia? Yeah, I think that the tips of the trade is, first of all, that this time constraint 
is not only within academia. It's going to be whatever type of uh, work you t you choose. You're always going to have to feel that you are in need of working more. But within academia, you usually have a rather flexible schedule, which will allow you to uh, both work and spend time with your children as long as you are able to um, make up for the hours you are not at the department, like when the kids are asleep and this kind of stuff. So if you are a little bit flexible, this is surely a good moment to get your family going. Uh, yourself, Pia, what, what are some tips of the trades? Yes, I would simply say uh, don't be afraid, um, especially women. I want to encourage um, everyone um, to... Yeah, not to be afraid to have children and to um, consider an, an academic career. When I think in all the uh, female professors we have in Oxford, my own DPhil supervisor, she has four children. Um, there's another professor I worked with who has three children. Um, it's quite common that actually women in very senior positions at the University of Oxford have at least three children, if not more. So there is something about having a vocation for an academic career. And if you have this vocation, children will definitely not be an obstacle because they are part of your um, vocation. And they will, just as Rasmus said, actually help you with your research and to get things right. Um, yeah, don't be afraid. Excellent. Well, that's it from us at Coffee and Cocktails with your host, Anne Wand. I'd like to thank again Dr. Pia Yolif and Mr. Rasmus Rodanelison uh, for joining us at the studio this afternoon. For those of you who've enjoyed the show, please feel free to explore our Facebook page at Coffee and Cocktails 1, as well as our blog where you can learn more about upcoming episodes. In the meantime, that's it for now. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Bye.